Uh, I got one request. You know, I have to beg your pardon. A lot of people have told me that at certain times my voice drops low and you can't hear me. And I've got a solution for that. If uh, you're sitting next to one of those little hanky things, I want you to grab one. And if my voice drops down and you can't hear me, once you stand up and wave it. <laughs> but don't say I can't hear you. What I want you to say is, preach on, Brother George. I can't understand what you're saying. Preach on. That way, so somebody's watching out there, they'll think we're all just blessed. <laughs> when uh, Sister Donna asked me, what, well, it was a week before our revival, if I would speak, I said, sure, I had several outlines and a few notes that I've had for man, a long time. And I could pull one up and uh, refresh it and go over it again. And then it, during the revival, and I was sitting there listening, and I thought, oh my, I'm going to be the first one to get up after that revival other than Brother Watson and say something. My goodness gracious, what am I going to say after a revival like that? What else could I add? What could you say? Well, me, personally, I can't add a thing to it. But I have a question, and basically tonight, and well, I was going to say we'll be home before dark, but it's getting dark early. I got a few questions, and I just want to stir up your remembrance, your, as what Paul said, your pure mind. Stir it up again. Uh, I have absolutely nothing on my agenda. I had some things wrote down, and God said, don't say that, and don't say this, and don't say that. So from three or four sheets of paper, I've just got a few little notes and some uh, facts. The first question I want to ask you tonight goes back to a revival. How many enjoyed that revival? How many got something out of it? Okay, my question is, that wasn't the question. Tonight, instead of me standing here, what if Brother Avery stood here, said the exact same thing he said last week? And Brother Lazier came after that and said the exact same words he said last week. Would you still have the same mindset or the thoughts, or would you respond differently to what they said than what we see as the response? You don't have to answer that question, just think about it. Like I said, just trying to stir up our minds, make us think a little bit. They said some really deep things. And when Brother Lazier come down the line about one of our most important things was about the souls of people, I sat there and something hit me like a ton of bricks and sort of got the thoughts for what I want to talk a little bit about tonight. And in our prayer meetings, we've had different ones say that they've had the urge to do something with the 
talk to the school boards or the school teachers or write a letter or do anything to promote our gospel of Christ or to encourage or to tell them we're, we're behind these teachers that are Christians trying to uphold what they can't teach. We want to uphold them so they can at least put it in, in front of the kids. When I started the school, I was six years old. Now they start when they're three, four, and five. You know, I spent 12 years and finally got through the eighth grade. But they spend all that time, 12, 13, 14, 15 years. That's a long time for kids to be taught something that we do not uphold the transgender situation. And the question was, how do we deal with this dark world? What can we do? Well, there's all kinds of situations in, in, uh, we get into, and our thoughts go back to, how do I answer this person's question when they ask something like that? And as I thought about what I was going to talk on, uh, a song came to me. And it's not a church song. It was written by Paul McCartney in 1970. And it had his mother's name in it. His mother's name was Mary. And the song was, In the Times of Trouble, Mother Mary, his mother, comes and speaks words of wisdom to me. Let it be, let it be. Well, I'm not going to talk about Mother Mary or much about let it be but my theme is words of wisdom and I'm not going to talk on wisdom I want to talk about words words period of wisdom and uh, get a platform we want to start with the wisest man that wrote about wisdom is Solomon we know that How many of us have read Proverbs? Sort of a goofy question, but like I said, I'm going to ask a lot of questions. Nobody's read Proverbs. Anybody read Proverbs? Okay. How many can remember the quotes from Proverbs? Anybody stand up and say one? Okay. He wrote a lot of them. As a matter of fact, between the Proverbs and his Psalms that he wrote, he wrote over 9,000 of them. And a lot of them are recorded in different places, and I find what I'm looking for here. But between his words in Proverbs, and his words in Ecclesiastes, and if we throw in the Song of Solomon, he spoke over 16,000 words, words of wisdom. But as we go through our life, do we really take those words and use them for what I said a little bit ago about how to go into the world and talk to someone about a situation? 
How do we talk to someone about winning a soul? Jesus said, he who wins a soul is blind. Solomon wrote all those scriptures. And if you want to hear a good one, and no particular person in mind, but he wrote a lot about husbands and wives. And he says, it's better for a man to live in the wilderness without a tent than it is into a mansion with a scornful wife. That's just one. But he wrote about a whole lot of other things. And we won't go into that. My suggestion is just read them. I mean, there's a lot of them. The world today looks at Solomon's as that sort of thing. They're funny. They're just. They look at the whole Bible as a history book, a fairy tale. Those are, uh, well, that couldn't have happened. They couldn't have walked on water. They couldn't have walked through the Red Sea. There's that total, what I want to say, lack of any kind of faith in what happened in the Bible. We face that. How do we deal with that? Solomon taught us that in the, in the Proverbs. Don't argue with a fool. Don't get into a, a, a match with somebody with no understanding. And the woman had asked me, how do you deal with situations like the school board? She really feels that she needs to do something about or say something about it. Do we need to have some sort of class where we can talk about these things and use wisdom as a congregation, as a church, to upbraid each other, give each other courage, as the disciples did when they went out and met all these obstacles that they talked about? 900 years later, 1,000, Jesus came along and picked up where Solomon left off. Solomon sought wisdom in Kings and talked about how he got it. If you want wisdom, I guess what you have to do, like Solomon, you got to build a temple, offer three or 4,000 sheep and a couple thousand head of cattle and goats and whatever else he did, and then God respected that and said, what, do you, what, what would you like? And he says, in order to rule my people justly, I need some wisdom to do that. And we need this, I need that, per se. Wisdom to be able to not bark at somebody, but to lovingly tell them, answer to their question. Jesus picked up behind Solomon's Ecclesiastes, the last words in that, and he says, I sought everything, wisdom, everything under the sun, and we know these scriptures, and he said it was just all vanity, vanities of vanities, like chasing the wind, never really finding end of asking questions, new things. He said there was nothing new under the sun, but I don't think he knew about rocket ships and the war in Israel. Well, he did know about that, didn't he? But um, there's just everything just keeps, and we can just keep asking questions and asking questions. But it goes back to the point, how do you save a soul? 
How do you talk to someone in this day and age when everything seems to be dark and dreary, no hope, woe is me, we see it in the streets and every place, I dress how I want to, it's my body, I'll do it. How do we address those people in loving and kindness? And I know it's through grace, and I know it's through the wisdom of God, and those are the things that I'm just trying to encourage us to really look at and dig a little deeper. Brother George? Yeah. We lift Jesus up. There you go. If I be lifted up, I'll draw. I'll draw all men to me. All Absolutely. Men. Jesus taught on the Sermon on the Mount, he picked up where Solomon says, all his vanity in the world, what he learned. But this one thing, fear God, keep his commandments. That is the whole duty of man. Jesus came along behind that and says, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Blessed are these, blessed are them. Taught all day long. He taught in uh, uh, riddles, but he, he taught people situations and used things to describe what he, uh, the kingdom of God would, would be like. Solomon picked up on the same thing and taught about the wisdom that he found in the street and the wisdom he found in, in books. The difference between Solomon and what he wrote and Jesus, and Jesus brought it out, he said, he was known throughout all that then known land. The Queen of Sheba came, kings and princesses from all that area, came, gave him gold and gifts and money to learn his wisdom and see how he conducted himself in the courts to see how his people loved him and see the temple that he built. They gave him enough gold that he completely gilded the whole temple of God with gold, the doors, the posts, the pillars, everything covered with gold. He was known, and his works have been, well, 3,000 years. It was, one of the ministers brought that out. 3,000 years people have been using Solomon's wisdom to be able to accomplish things in their lives. The church basically, a lot of our conduct rules are based on his. Abstain from alcohol, abstain from this, abstain from that. Pray much. Go to the temple. We, uh, we observe a lot of his wisdom of how to conduct ourselves in a congregation. David, his father, set up when they got the ark back to Jerusalem without being in the temple, he set up the singers, he set up the doorkeepers, he set up uh, the, the, the keepers of the treasury, he set up a lot of different offices in the church. We do that also. Our deacons, our elders, our ushers, the doorkeepers, the, the janitors. He set that all up thousands of years ago, and we adhere to those regulation or not regulations but 
we adhere to those decrees that he set forth. Solomon instituted the same thing when he had the temple built and got it all done. They celebrated for seven days after he sacrificed all those animals. It'd take, yeah, seven days. I can imagine what that place looked like. You sacrifice a thousand sheep, whatever else he had. But they celebrated that. We celebrate. We spent seven days in revival and we had a nice good meal. After all that, the people rejoiced and were happy and they went home. Jesus spoke on the, on the mount and after he spoke, they had a meal. After the meal, some went home. Some went home happy. Some followed him when they got in the boat and left. Some went home mad. I don't know how people reacted to the meeting that we had, but I hope we didn't go home mad. Hope we went home happy. Hope we went home to follow him, to follow the words. One difference between Jesus' sayings and wisdom and Solomon's wisdom, Solomon gained wealth and fame. Jesus was crucified. He must be born again. Keep this commandment. Love thy Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy mind. The second is like that. Oh, wow. Not all these other things? No. The whole law hinges on those two things. And the Nicodemus it says, uh, came to him and said, what do I do to, to, to inherit eternal life? You must be born again. I don't understand. How can I do that? A rich young ruler came to him and said, I've kept all the commandments, done everything, the laws, what Solomon said in the whole nine yards. What lack I yet? Jesus just simply told him, said, well, go sell whatever you have, give it to the poor, come and follow me. Jesus said, no man can be my disciple unless he picks up his cross and follows me daily. I thought about that a little bit when Jesus day, that cross was like that one we put up here. There's one of them so heavy, I can't hardly pick it up. It is heavy wood. But today seems to be the 2023 version of that. They're made of plastic or styrofoam. Not very hard for people to pick up a cross as Jesus described it, putting down your own desires and your own things, picking up his cross, his burden, his sacrifice, laying it down daily. Well, his cross isn't heavy at all. But his was so heavy, he had to have somebody help him carry it. That's what the church is for, to help each other carry our cross, to help pick it up when somebody over here stumbles, right. when somebody is hurting so bad from the beating that the world has given, you reach out and pick up that cross and say, come on, brother, come on, sister. I'll help you carry it. That's just our simple duty. Like I said, Jesus spoke really amazing words. 
But those words agitated the world so much, they crucified. In this day and age, the words that's spoken here, I know, does not make that world out there happy. Sister Donna said it, and we read the news, the, the jihad and, and, and the, the Hamas, if you've seen any of those little clips of their videos, we're in trouble. How do we deal with it? Well, the scriptures is pretty plain. It says, the day that you see this coming, forsake not gathering yourselves together. Why? Because the cross is getting heavy. Our fight against darkness is getting heavy. So it comes back to that song. Speak the words of wisdom. Not lash out. Not be vile. Not condemn. A lot of things is like the last two words. Just let it be. Just let it be. There are, I got it here, I'll find it. Brother Avery and Brother Nathan, if an average person speaks about 140 words a minute, they spoke for around 40, 45 minutes, for eight days, each one spoke about 62,000 words. They spoke to us in one week, somewhere around 64,000 words. Solomon, with his 16,000 words. Jesus spoke a little over 2,000 words just in his Sermon on the Mount. They figured it all up. Somebody smarter than me. 2,247 words. All told in the scriptures, in the red letters, In the entire Bible, 783,137 words. Wisdom. How to deal with life. How to prepare ourselves against the final end and the final judgment. There are between, depends on which dictionary you pick up, between 170 and 220,000 words in the English dictionary. And sometimes I wonder why myself I can't find two words to say I'm sorry. I can't find three words that says I love you. Three more words. Pray with me. As we go into the stores, and I like the hat that the guy had on, can we say those two words? Jesus saved. Two words out of 220,000 words. Can we think of two once in a while? Me. I'm talking about me. I, I talked to myself, and I will tell you, for a week. But what are you talking about? I, know I didn't tell her, but it was this. Like I say, I'm not putting this out to condemn anyone. Just draw up our minds a little. And the Lord told me, he says, now this is the final question. 
and it's got two answers. One can be a simple one-word answer, and one can be, you can write an essay, you can write a book. What are we going to do with all these words when they're written on the judgment hall in heaven? We get up there, and God says, what did you do with this sentence over here? Uh, I, I didn't do anything with it. Why? How come you couldn't say and confess the name of Jesus in public. He told you with his wisdom, and he died for this. He that confesses my name before men, I will confess his name before the Father who is in heaven. He that denieth my name, I'll deny him also before my Father. What are you going to do with those words, George Bailey? Well, It hits you like a ton of bricks when you really think about it. That we can do a whole lot, say a whole lot, and get up there and Jesus would say them words, I don't know you, depart from me. Why wouldn't he know you? You taught, you preached, you sang, you gave this, you did that, you did what they said, but I didn't, I don't know you. Those are just terrifying words to me. But it all comes back to what Solomon wrote and what Jesus said. Pick up your cross. Follow me. Do as I ask you to do. Don't deny me. Confess me. Confess your sin. Confess your faults in one another. Hold each other up. Love one another. Love those who despise you and hate you. And those words that are written on the wall won't have any effect when you get before the judgment. But there's a lot of other ones. And you have to figure that out yourself. I can't tell you. Only the Lord can tell us. Reveal it to us. So it goes back again to the question, if Brother Avery and Brother Nathan stood here and preached the exact same message, would your reaction be the same after that second week was the first week? Or would it be in between that? They said, boy, that was a good revival. I'm going to And you knew that they was going to do it all over again on the next, this Wednesday night. Would you say to the person sitting in the pew that was only here like once, maybe not even at all? Brother, you got to come. I implore you. I beg you. you got to hear this message. It may be just what you need to save your marriage. It may be just what you need to get you out of the slump, out of the dumps, out of the hole in the ground that you're in. I didn't. I failed. I did. First of all, I admit it. I've asked people to come to revival, but I never put it in a situation where, man, I really need to go out and beat the hedges and the byways and the back alleys and those that are drunk, those that are derelicts, those that are in the ditch, those that are under the bridge, and say, here, I'm not going to tell you you need to get up and go to church. I'm going to give you a drink. I'm going to give you a little something to, to eat. Wisdom. 
How do we deal with it? How do, what, do we, what are we going to do with 700 and some thousand I'm going to work. I'm going to work real hard. There's a lot of things that can be done that we haven't done here in Virginia County. Some things we can do all by ourselves. Some things we have to have a whole lot of help. The Bible school and uh, things like that. Can't meet him. Revival comes, man. Pews ought to be full instead of like this. I know I'm talking to the core church. I know I'm who I'm talking to. You people have prayed and upheld this church and your congregations. Everything you've got in your heart, in your soul. But as I sat and I watched Ivan's brother slowly slipping away back to the dust from which he came, and it saddened my heart that there's just not a whole lot I can do. But it dawned on me I could sit there in that pew. And I can watch brothers and sisters come into this church and spiritually they are doing the exact same thing. Going back. Reverting back. What can I do to prevent that? What can I do to help working on that. Like I said, a lot of this is our own personal thing. We've got to work out. Work out your own salvation. Work out that which you can do. We've got gifts. We've got talents. I can't sing. Justin can sing. There's some things I can do. Some things I can't do. We've got a manual. We've got a book. It's called the Bible. We've got words of wisdom. We've got all kinds of people talking. Paul wrote, 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 and wrote. John, the revelator, the only one that wasn't martyred because of these words and speaking his heart and soul for the Christ, for what he did, who he was, going into all the world. He saw where we're sitting today. And he wrote those letters to those seven churches Revealing unto them what Jesus seen down through time. But he got to us. I can't imagine what John thought when he seen the churches and the work that Paul did, the work he did, the sacrifice of Peter and all the other apostles. In the last age and the last church, they're a little bit asleep. They've lost their first love. I don't want to be that way. So you pray for me. I'll pray for you. That's our normal duty. Help one another. If you need help, call me. Used to have a phone directory. Used to have a prayer, uh, what do you call it, chain. This person would call that person, and that person would call these people, and that person would call that one, and this one would call over here. I used to have a card program. People send out cards. Brenda Borders, when Iva was having her episode and was in Arizona, Brenda Borders sent her a card every day. I don't 
I don't know how months. I sent her two, Brenda sent her one every day. How many cards has got, have you got from that woman? Now she needs us to help her pick her up. Physical ability. I stood here and I asked one time, not very long ago, is there 70 people that will come and stand up behind the ministry, behind the Justin and Casey and the choir and the piano players and the ministry that's happened on pray for the committees. Well, you all, you all came. That's why I say I know who I'm talking to. But I just want to just stir you up just a little bit. When it's all said and done, speak the words of wisdom. It may be, let it be, let it be, then it may be, pick up your cross, follow me. So, that's all I've got. I've got pages here, and I don't think I read the first word that was on them. But I just spoke to you what, what was in here. I'm just a simple pew setter over here trying to do my best. Like I said, can't sing, can't dance, can't do anything much. I can help you. We can help each other. Mr. Donna, come and help me. <laughs> Sister Donna needs help. She's got a lot of responsibility. A lot on her shoulders. She's not physically a Miss Samson. She's not Solomon, full of wisdom. But we can help her and we can hold her up. Help her do what she has to do, what God's given her the job to do. And I told her a long time ago, there's a lot of people in this church, they just did their job. What a wonderful thing. Pray, exhort, encourage, pick one another up, be here. Sacrifice what the world is running after. We do a good job, church, and I'm proud of you. You guys are the ones that come to prayer meeting. Thank you. Thank you so much. We started something on a Sunday night thing because of COVID and this and that. We're working at it. We're working hard at it. Not easy. After a situation like that, come back. Get it going again. I don't know where it'll go. But Sister Donna said it because of the prayers and so forth and so on. They've got people sitting in the pews. Brother Tim or Terry Wilson back here. Prayer works. And if we hold fast to those two words, that'll be two words out of that. 220,000 won't condemn us in the day of judgment. I'm done. Amen. Thank you.